Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanks for joining me for this week's recap. Thank you very much to Julie Jap Morris for sharing her story with us. Uh, Julie, thank you. Your English was perfectly fine. It's so funny. Um, the things that we think about that no one else really think about it, but she wanted to make sure that her English came across. And Julie, yes, it did. <laughs> so everybody, thank you. Hope you had a great week this week. And um, let's just jump into this recap. You know, it with Julie's story, it, it's one of those, you know, not every story is going to be something hugely dynamic, but I think hers is kind of universal in the sense that, you know, she talked about running. So I felt like I was running from one thing to the other to the other. And other people will look at her life as far as all the travel that she did, which was pretty phenomenal. You know, Dubai, uh, Z- New Zealand, just places that many of us only dream about, you know, but yet this is how she lived life. But yet when she looks back and tells the story, she said it was as if I was running from something or running from place to place searching for where I really belonged. So I want to talk about that a little bit because I think belonging is huge for all of us in one way, shape or form. And I believe God is calling us to a security in him that surpasses all of that. Because on any given day, in any given circumstance, we can all feel insecure. Uh, Whether it's insecure in our jobs, insecure in our marriages, insecure in our churches, in our relationship with God. You name it. Insecurity is rampant and it's rampant today. I don't know if it's more so than ever before. It's hard to say. You know, it's very easy to look at things today and sound very elderly. (laughs) Oh, kids today. It's very easy to think wow, things today are just a mess. And I don't know if it's ever been this way before. But you know, I don't know if that's true. I really don't. I think it's more prevalent in the sense that we have more outlets in which we can see it and compare it. But bottom line is, as long as we are people living on the face of this earth, we will always be insecure about something. Or we we will always have the propensity to be insecure about something. But I believe that is why God calls us to make our calling and election sure. Make our calling and election sure. That means putting our our trust, our faith, whatever it is that you're holding onto into the hands of someone who does not waver. I just believe we put so much stock into the hands of people in situations that that 
waver. They're fragile. They're just as fragile as we are. And therefore, we're constantly worried, concerned, searching. And I believe God is calling us to a security that so few of us ever really rest in. You know, I think about how often the scripture talks about rest, resting in me. But I believe it's because we seldom ever rest. You know, the creation of the world, day one, and God put it aside. He rested at the end of the day and said it was good. Day two, he put it aside. We seldom put things aside. So we're always on the run, on the search, on the hunt for the next thing. And I, I just think it's, it, it drowns out the work of God if we're not careful. When we're so busy projecting forward into the next thing that needs to take place, then we never really pause and say, thank you, God, for what has taken place today. And when Julie was talking about searching, obviously she was uh, specifically talking about wanting to belong, searching for a family. Where do I fit? And many of you commented on the fact that I had mentioned God will often find that space inside of us that's empty and will try to get us to deal with that space. She was longing for the one thing she had never really come to terms with. You know, what kind of things are within you that you haven't come to terms with? You haven't come to grip with the fact that it was not there. It was missing in your life. Because you'll find that there's a pattern. As Julie said, I had a pattern of running after, searching after things. Guys, I think we have patterns in our lives. And they're really not random. Sometimes they can appear to be random, but I think that's only because we haven't taken the time to really stop, examine ourselves, think about it. What is it that I'm looking for? How long have I been looking for this? And in what ways am I trying to fill myself up? All the different beautiful places she went to didn't do the job. All the various different relationships, they didn't do the job. And even church didn't do the job. She had to come to a space in which she met face-to-face with God. And when I say that, what do you mean by that, BJ? A lot of times when we think face-to-face with God, we're thinking death. But I think there are often times in which God brings us face to face with him. When she talked about, um, you know, just really being disappointed. It was funny. This is an aside. She came up asking me, is it okay if I share this about the church? Is it okay if I share this? I'm like, of course, it's your testimony. I don't write your testimonies. I don't want to alter your testimonies. I want to let God speak for himself. And what she was sharing was that she had some disappointments. 
She had some disagreements. She had some hurts, some feelings towards church, what my friend calls church hurts. And it's okay to have church hurts. She needed to look at it. She needed to grow up and find her own convictions around it, which is what happened. Did it take long? Yeah, sound like it took quite a while. But again, guys, that's not for us to determine. You know, I feel like we spend so much time judging other people's walks and it frustrates us. But I think God is trying to show us it's because it is not yours <laughs> to fix. You're frustrated because it shouldn't be in your hands in the first place. So that was a BJ aside. But I look at Julie's journey. You know, now it was <laughs> it was bold of her, bodacious of her to say, God, you know what? I'll come back to you in about 10, 15, 20 years. <laughs> Sometimes we don't say it, but we feel it and we do that. I don't know if I would have been bold enough to say that, but she did. And by the grace of God, he gave her that time. That's the thing about going off on our searches, our journeys. None of us know how much time we have. You know, if we're going to make our way back into that relationship with God or not. So I pray that she has a certain degree, a heightened degree of gratitude that God left her here and left his arms open, which he does for all of us to find her way back. Because as we're running, the last thing that we think about is that we're running away from God while we're trying to run towards something else. Now, I don't believe it is falling away from God, but we are still running away from God. I look at Adam and Eve. Every time we see, it's something called the Adam effect. I just learned that this week. It is mankind. It is where we go. When we mess up in our own minds, We run and hide. And God is in this perpetual state of hide and seek with us. We're running. He's seeking us out. We're running and hiding. He seeks us out. Every move that Julie made in all the beautiful places that she was able to visit, she was running away. But God was seeking her out. And the way I, I, I love it, I can say that because when she mentioned, I thought God didn't hear my prayers. We can get there. You know, she said, I felt he wasn't hearing my prayers because I was no longer standing in my convictions. Guys, and I get that. I get that. And I felt her when she said that. But I want us to hear God always hears us. There is nothing scripturally that says God only hears those who are standing firmly in their convictions. It's not there. So we have to look at that 
and go, no matter how far away I am, no matter how desperate or destitute I become, God hears my prayer. You know, I always think about, it may be a strange analogy, but it's an analogy I've held on to for many years. I don't know why. But I think about a runaway child. A runaway child who has broken the hearts of their parents, disappeared. Parents have no idea where they are, what's going on with them, what kind of life they've lived or anything. But if that phone were to ring and mom and or dad picked up the phone and on the other end was that child who's been out of their life forever, hear that child's voice. You're delighted to hear from them. You may have a lot of things to work out. You may have a lot of stuff to talk through. But the first thing is usually, baby, are you okay? And then you want them more than anything. Just come home. We'll work it out. I listened to Julie's story. And it's basically that. The prodigal son, if you will. But God allowed her to take her things, go off and squander it, wander, try to find what you're looking for until she came full circle and came back home. But coming back home means, God, you are the father that I never had. There is no better father than you. So we can feel and think that we've lost so much. We're missing out on so much because we didn't have what everybody else around us had or what we believe we should have had. She didn't really have, quote unquote, a great father. She didn't go into it, but she teared up the minute she said, I didn't have a good father. And that's about as far as she could go. But because, but that was the space that she was constantly trying to fill. Year after year after year, she was trying to find a good father figure. When God was saying, I'm already here. Many times, guys, the last place we look is to God. And he's standing there, arms wide open, saying, I'm already here. I've always been here. I don't know if you're trying to fill anything up. I hope and pray after so many years, I have finally allowed God to be my number one. But you never know. God reveals it in the most least expected ways and times. It's just up to us to keep it open, keep our options open so that when we do see that we are trying to fill up spaces within us with other things, we can pause, stop ourselves and go, is God enough? Is he enough? If the answer is no, then why? 
So often the answer is no, only because, not because of God, but because of us. What do I see in me? I'm unworthy. I'm undeserving. She said something to that effect. That when she would hold on to the thought or the idea of having fallen away from God, she felt herself unworthy. That's when she felt God isn't listening to my prayers. And I think, God, we have to. We need to be careful what we say to people. Are we pushing people further away from God in an attempt to bring them closer to God? I I love that there are many times in scriptures, especially as Jesus is going to the cross, there are times in which Jesus remained silent. Times that, that confuse me because I would have done differently. When they were questioning him, are you the son of God? Are you this? Are you that? And there are times when he remained silent. I often wondered, why are you silent? I'd be screaming from the top of my lungs. Yes, I am. I've been trying to tell you that. Don't you understand? (laughs) But I think the lesson in it is that, guys, God doesn't need us to defend him. He can defend himself. We can get so caught up in defending what we consider defending God. But in actuality, all we're doing is is fighting one theology against another, one opinion against the other. Jesus simply remained silent because he realized they really were not looking for a true answer. Are we secure enough to remain silent sometimes? Because when we say things like, this person fell away from God, we're planting a seed, I believe, my own personal opinion. We're planting a seed of doubt that's very, very hard for some people to overcome. God wants everyone to be saved. That's scripture. But if we are pushing them further and further away from that reality because of the words that we use, the phrases that we use, are we pleasing God? Or are we simply defending ourselves? We've got to be secure enough to stand down sometimes. I look at what many have gone through in churches. (laughs) And I think it's simply a matter of those of us who are more spiritual, if you want to consider yourself that, Be more spiritual enough to stand down. To stand down. Giving someone else the opportunity to stand up. 
when we are so strong, so adamant in our beliefs. It's like stomping on the shoulders of someone who's trying to get up and they can't quite get up. And we know it. Wouldn't it be better if we extended a helping hand? When you're ready, my hand is here. When you need help, you can always call on me. When you need a listening ear, I'm here. And if I can't be reached, you need to know God is always listening. We are never so far away that God will not hear us. He stoops low to make us great. Guys, we have to watch what we're saying. Another thing that came up a lot, and it just kind of ties into it, you know, as she was saying, uh, it was good to know that she was able to reconcile somewhat with her earthly dad before his time came. We don't all have that opportunity, but I'm really grateful that she did. But what came up in uh, a lot of your comments was when I mentioned that God didn't He didn't wait for the disciples or he didn't wait for the other guys hanging on the cross to say, I'm sorry, before he forgave them. Many of you spoke to that, which means many of us need to hear it. Guys, we really do. When we are hurt, we want to hurt back. It's human nature. We want to hurt back. We want an apology. We want something that's going to make us feel validated and better about ourselves and better about the situation. But if we look at Jesus, we don't see that example. So whatever you might be feeling, dealing with today, people who have wronged you, people have hurt you, a father who wasn't a father, a mother who was anything but a mother, a friend who was anything but a friend, a church that has broken your heart. Let's look at the example of Jesus so that we know how to handle this. Not defending ourselves, fighting for our rights, but doing what is right on behalf of the other person so that even if they're not willing to stand spiritually now, there's an open hand for them to stand whenever that time comes. Guys, if God waited for us to reach (laughs) true brokenness, before he forgave before he forgives or forgave any of us we would all be in a bad 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 space i'm grateful to god of all of the bj offenses that he has overlooked <laughs> that he has chosen to wash away See, I have records of wrongs in my own head about me that our God is saying, what are you talking about, BJ? 
What are you talking about? That was forgiven a long time ago. You're still carrying that around? I think some of us are walking around like that. And we're not drawing close to God because of that. More than anything, guys, God wants us to draw near to him. He is not going to put offenses in the middle of that relationship between you and him, myself and him. If he does that, he's defeating himself. He wants to be able to hold you. He wants to be able to love you. He wants to be able to console you. So he's not going to hold records of wrongs against you, making that impossible. Guys, it's time for us to allow ourselves to be loved. We keep blaming God. We don't say it outright. (laughs) We blame God for not loving us when in actuality it's us not loving ourselves and therefore not allowing God to love us not allowing ourselves to be loved so I think the challenge for today for this week lay aside any grievances you may have all the things that you're running around searching for, what if we pushed it all aside, even if it's just temporarily? Lay it aside and say, God, I hand this to you. I think I'm looking for something that I already have. Help me to see it in you. You are the one who will fill me up. You are the one that I am looking for and there is nothing that I have done or can do that will keep you from loving me guys you are in case I haven't said it amazing God says it every day BJ's just giving you a reminder this week and every week hold on draw near to the God who wants to draw near to you. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.